I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me remotely today are the Executive Director, Leanna McGuire, and the Artistic Director, Kimberly Doucette, of the Wilmington Children's Chorus. Welcome, Leanna and Kim. Great to have you with us today. Thanks uh, for having us. Oh, so glad you can join us. Uh, I know it's a busy season for you, the holiday season for any any choral group, even in COVID times, because you have been doing some very uh, in, inventive programming uh, this season, which is uh, primarily what we're here for today. But uh, you reminded me before we came on air that your structure has kind of changed within the last calendar year. So Leanna, why don't we start with you? Let's talk about the Wilmington Children's Course, now an independent 501c3 nonprofit organization eligible to receive donations. <laughs> Thanks for including that, Paul. Yes, we have a fascinating story that's really rooted in the city of Wilmington. So the Wilmington Children's Chorus was founded in 2002, and we were actually founded as a project of City Fest Inc., which is a nonprofit that's connected with the Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. So in 2002, then Mayor James Baker had a real vision for connecting residents of the city of Wilmington with music education. And he wanted it to be tuition free, to eliminate barriers that traditionally stand in the way of children who are low income or have single parent homes, that those barriers that they experience to access music education. So Mayor Baker was really the driving force behind the creation of the Children's Chorus back in 2002. And we were founded and we remained a project of City Fest for a number of years. And it was really the support that we found in the city of Wilmington and from the mayor's office through three mayoral administrations that supported us along the way. We are very pleased to announce that Children's Chorus is now officially an independent tax exempt organization. And as you so kindly mentioned, eligible to receive tax deductions. Uh, and especially at this time of year, I know tax deductions are at the top of everyone's mind. And that transition was really a, a celebration of our history and, and all that we're looking forward to. We have served the children of Wilmington for over 18 years now, and we look forward to serving the children of Wilmington and the surrounding area for many decades to come. Now, uh, for either one of you, Kim or Leanna, how many children, how many yeah, children, do you work with in a given season or school year? Are you, I, I don't know, are you structured around the school year primarily or how does that work? We are. Sorry, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Kim. <laughs> sure. We have several different programs actually. So our longest standing program that we have is our performing choirs, which are what you might think of as a more traditional community choir model where we have kids coming from over 40 different schools all over Newcastle County uh, and some of the surrounding counties in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware as well, actually in Maryland too. Uh, and they all come together, about 150 kids in those performing choirs ages 8 through 18. So we have several different levels and ensembles within those performing choirs. Then we also serve about another 150 through our neighborhood choir program, which takes satellite choirs into different neighborhood uh, community centers. And we work uh, with kids ages five through about 12 
uh, kindergarten through fifth grade in those neighborhood choirs. Um, we're currently, we've worked with Kingswood, the PAL Center in Newcastle, uh, and Academia, uh, the Latin American Community Center after school program at Academia Antonia Alonso's charter school. Uh, so we have three neighborhood choir programs that we're running before COVID, I should say, uh, and hope to be up and running again soon uh, when it's safe again. Uh, and then we serve about another 100 kids through our summer camp programming where we have our in-house summer camps uh, and then we go out and work with kids at other summer camps kind of along those neighborhood choir models where we're going out to work in different community centers or community programs. So, so how much of your recruitment is children coming to you as opposed to you reaching out to children? Our in-house programs, the performing choirs, and our own summer camp are programs where anyone can enroll and kids are looking on our websites or by word of mouth or through other advertising, finding out about the children's chorus uh, and coming to audition or participate in our summer camp. Whereas the neighborhood choir program is really designed to bring the choirs to kids who wouldn't otherwise have access to programs like this. Uh, who might not have the transportation or the support necessary to participate in something uh, that requires the commitment of a performing choir. Uh, so we take our program out to work with kids in different community centers through that neighborhood choir program and those external summer camps. Uh, One talk, of, a little, talk a little, oh, go ahead, Leanna, you were going to say something? Yeah, I, I want to mention that really one of the driving forces behind Children's Chorus is eliminating barriers that are traditionally in place. And uh, the Neighborhood Choirs is a, a real reflection of that. We, we recognize that for single parent homes, for parents who are working shift work, where they're, they're not necessarily at a traditional nine to five, um, or for, for folks who are just tapped out at the end of the day. The band was not there to provide transportation to another activity, you know, to volunteer for the Wilmington Children's Chorus and maybe to donate. Uh, so we recognized that all of those barriers were in place and we wanted to be able to reach kids where they were after school. So we're taking the burden away from overtaxed parents and grandparents and guardians and we're electing to, to bring music education to children where they are. Well, I, I want to pursue that because I, I would think in a COVID world that becomes in some respects more challenging, but at the same time, all the more important. But before we do that, Kim, I want to come back to you for a second. Uh, in, in your programs, you're not just teaching kids to sing. I mean, this, this really is music education. Could you talk about that a little bit, about how you're not just teaching them how to sing songs. <laughs> Absolutely. While singing songs is a big part of it, we're sure, teaching sure. them a number of things through that mechanism. Of course, we are learning a lot about music. We're learning uh, how to read music and how to understand music. We're learning how to use our voices, how vocal technique works and developing that vocal skill. We're also learning a lot about the history and culture related to all of the songs that we sing. We sing songs from all over the world, from all different time periods, from many different backgrounds. And we're learning about the world through the music that we sing. We're learning about each other and the different perspectives that we have in the world uh, and in our community. And we do that all through music. 
Uh, and I think it's important to say that we're also really making a community for these kids. So we're teaching them how to work together, how to aspire to excellence and to work towards a goal and stay uh, to persist and to have grit and to stick to their commitments. All of these things that we learn through choir are things that benefit us throughout the rest of our lives, whether we choose to be a musician or in any of the other careers that we pursue. So you're really talking about life skills that transcend music. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Leanna, let's let's come back to the uh, whole uh, March, mid-March hits, COVID hits, uh, uh, from an administrative perspective as executive director, how did you have to shift gears? Then we'll come back to Kim and talk about sort of the artistic challenges that presented. Yeah. March brought with it so many challenges. I think the expression um, building the plane while you're flying it or, or building the ship while you're, you know, traveling is overused maybe in the nonprofit sector, but it really felt applicable uh, during COVID times. It still does. Um, one of the greatest challenges, I think, from an administrative standpoint is the, was the real difficulty around making plans. Um, you know, we have a crisis plan, but it didn't really seem applicable and you know it was a lot of adaption and it was a lot of trusting you know our department of public health and our leadership here in delaware uh, that they would give recommendations that were based on science and research um, and had the best interest of nonprofits and business and community members um, at heart and i think that we really got that from our leadership we've been really grateful for uh, just that we're, we live and work in Delaware, a state where our leadership takes this pandemic very seriously and takes the health of its citizens very seriously, um, but also really respects the hard work of small businesses and nonprofits who are working around the clock to make exceptional experiences happen, to make something resembling normal happen during the pandemic. So Children's Chorus certainly got thrown for a little bit of a loop in March, um, but we quickly got back on our feet um, and just there were a number of artistic challenges. There were a number of administrative challenges, but at the end of the day, the thing that got me through it and I'm sure got Kim and Phil, our associate director through it was just the knowledge that children's course is going to be here for decades and we're going to be serving thousands of children, you know, for, for years and years to come. And this is a, a really challenging speed bump. Um, but I, I know that we're going to be a stronger organization for having gone through it. I know I'm going to be a stronger leader for having this be my first year as an executive director. Um, I keep telling myself I'm going to have great stories in like 20 years. So, Well, that's great. I want to shift gears now to uh, sort of the artistic transition. But let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM. 1410 WDOB. Joining me today remotely are Leanna McGuire, the Executive Director of the Wilmington Children's Forest, and Kimberly Doucette, the Artistic Director. Kim, uh, shifting gears in rehearsal processes and engaging youth since March, you've, uh, you had to do a, a quick pivot and uh, what you've come up with for this holiday season is some really inventive programming. Talk a little bit about the logistics of continuing to work with youth uh, over the last several months. 
Sure, and I certainly have to say that I'm very lucky to have incredible team members on our staff, Liana and Phil, our associate director. Uh, it's been a pleasure working with them through this process, as challenging as it has been. And we're so lucky to have amazing kids and families in our Wilmington Children's Chorus family that have worked together with us to make all of this possible. Uh, but when the pandemic hit, the, the first thing that we did was work on ways to keep our choristers connected, not only to the organization, but to each other. And this sense of community and connection was just so deeply hit by the pandemic. And I think it's so important that the arts have a role to play in fostering that continued connection as we all work our way through these crazy times. So as soon as possible, as soon as we realized that it wasn't going to be just a, a two-week hiatus or some short kind of uh, break from rehearsals, we decided to jump right into virtual rehearsals. Uh, we also created online discussion forums uh, where we could talk with our families uh, about singing and COVID-19, which of course many pe people had concerns about. Uh, and, you know, of course, a lot of things were happening at this time. In addition to COVID, we had the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter. So we also had a discussion forum with our kids on that. Uh, we did a lot of things to amp up our social media connection. Uh, we tried to stay in touch with all of our families with a lot of personal communications, phone calls, uh, surveys. We visited each of our seniors outdoors at their houses for socially distanced outdoor senior ceremonies. Uh, and we also created an online showcase and social hour where our choristers could come together and perform and share some of their original works that they were creating in response to this time, or just talk with each other about some of the things that were going on in their lives. And of, of course, we weren't able to present our spring concert of music uh, that we had planned from the five largest immigrant communities here in Delaware. And our kids were so excited about that. Uh, but we were fortunate to gather each of our ensembles from the Wilmington Children's Chorus over the summer for an outdoor taping of some of that music. So after our kids had been rehearsing it from January all the way through June, uh, we got together outdoors, remained distanced and masked, and had a lot of other protocols in place as well. Uh, but even through all those challenges, our choristers rose to the occasion to perform that music that they loved so much and just really enjoyed seeing each other and making music together. And that was just an incredibly powerful experience. So as we worked through all those details on how to gather and sing safely so we could give our choristers a culminating experience for the season last year, that's really become the model for our fall season. And when we started that new fall season, we, we really knew that we needed to continue to give our choristers opportunities not only to, to continue to, to develop their musical and vocal skills, but to work towards performance goals where they can create music at a high level and take pride in sharing that with an audience. And that was a, a challenge to figure out during COVID, but uh, I think we've come up with a neat idea that not only engages them and helps them develop, but also helps us continue to share our music with our families and our patrons and our whole community. Because I think we all need the, the beauty of music, right, at this time and the spirit of our young people to help us get through all of this. Well, and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, commend the Wilmington Children's Chorus, and in particular, your assistant artistic director, Philip Doucette, for not only embracing science in order to uh, provide safe 
rehearsal space and performance space for your, your participants, but also in researching that science and disseminating that to the performing arts community here in Delaware. I know Phil was instrumental in doing an incredible amount of research and and sharing that not only with the arts sector, but also with the Division of Public Health, I believe. Is that right? Yes, and it's important for us to keep coming back to the fact that our in-person rehearsals are taking place with a ton of well-researched precautions. We are masking, we're distancing at eight feet, we have smaller groups of kids, we're doing symptom screening, uh, we have special air filters that increase the air circulation and purification whenever we do move inside. We're outside as much as possible, of course. Uh, and as you mentioned, Phil Doucette, who also happens to be my husband, in addition to- I thought to the name's Tabitha Moore. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's our associate director, my husband, and he also is a speech language pathologist and singing voice specialist in the office of Dr. Robert Sadiloff up in Philadelphia. And they've been highly involved in collecting the most recent research on singing and COVID-19. And Phil's been published on the topic as well, as you mentioned. And that body of research really informs everything that we do. Well, in the time we have left, we've got about five minutes left. Let's spend that on your holiday series, which is bringing together uh, not only your new rehearsal techniques, but also your new performing uh, methodologies. Yes. So while many things in our world seem so very uncertain right now, at the Wilmington Children's Chorus, we've decided to take the opportunity to focus on things that we can hold on to. And things like traditions and celebrations, family, community. These have been our focus over the past couple months as we've been doing our holiday series. So we've created a new way to share our music that's keeping our choristers and our audiences safe. Uh, instead of having our large December concerts where we celebrate together with about 150 kids on stage and packed audiences, uh, we decided to celebrate each holiday from Halloween through New Year's with what you could call musical postcards. And we have, as I mentioned, extensive protocols in place, but we are recording small ensembles from the Wilmington Children's Chorus and combining those recordings with different video elements that represent our choir family. Uh, so far, you can visit our Facebook page or our YouTube page and or actually Instagram as well uh, and see videos that we have for Halloween, Veterans Day, Diwali, which is the Indian Festival of Lights, Thanksgiving, and last, most recently, Native American Heritage Day. And of course, we'll have a lot more videos coming up as we celebrate the winter holidays. So your Facebook page, I would go to Facebook and I would just search for Wilmington Children's Chorus? Yes. And same with Instagram? Yes. Great. You can, of and, course, visit our website and link from there to WilmingtonChildrensChorus.org. Right. Now, let me ask you, I mean, if that's on Facebook, uh, I mean, not to get into the monetizing or the side of it, but that is something that nonprofits have to think about. I assume through Facebook, these are free for anyone who wants to see them. Is that right? But then you would encourage donations to the organization. Is there a mechanism for doing that, uh, Leanna? Yes, of course. The, the motive behind our holiday series is to spread a holiday cheer 
and to celebrate the traditions of our diverse group of choristers and their families. And we really were just excited about sharing that far and wide with friends and family and community members. Um, but obviously, Children's Chorus welcomes donations of any and all sizes. And if you visit wilmingtonchildrenschorus.org slash support, you can find information about how you can make a donation that's generous to your means. And all of that is really appreciated, especially this holiday season. And it helps us empower our young people and elevate their voices and infuse our community with song. Great. We've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, Kim, I'm going to ask you, what are you hearing from the, your, the children you work with or their families about how important this work is that you're doing, especially at this time when so many kids are you know, isolated due to you know, school restrictions and hybrid learning and all that? What are, what are you hearing from them about how the importance of this opportunity? Well, I think so many of our choristers are looking for ways to stay connected to the world and to each other. And across the board, we've heard from so many kids and families about how the Wilmington Children's Chorus is doing just that by connecting us either virtually or in person uh, and through music and still having things to work towards and to celebrate together. These are the things that are really connecting us now to each other and helping us move through this time so that we have something positive, not only to work towards, but also to celebrate when we're finished. So we can look back on these times and see that we've created something really unique. Well, you know, I really appreciate the time we've spent together today on this the, this holiday series reflecting the, the variety of holidays and really the range of, of uh, students, children that you work with uh, in a very diverse community of the greater Wilmington area. Congrats on your transition to nonprofit status and the independent nonprofit status and for the, the great work that you're doing. We've been chatting with Leanna McGare, the Executive Director, and Kimberly Doucette, the Artistic Director of the Wilmington Children's Chorus. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you.